health coaching, uh, it's not just the way I do it, it is how it's designed, is to help you bridge the gap between where you are and where you wanna be, but it is a collaboration. The health coach is a guide, right? To um, That means the health coach is gonna allow you to walk into some holes, right? But you won't, you, but there'll be a light to shine to come back out. So just remember it's a collaboration. The health coach is gonna guide you, but you are gonna actually do the work and figure out how to incorporate best in your life. And I'll just look for all the speed bumps and the hazard signs to, to guide you through that process. What is that one thing that is holding you back from achieving your health goals? Maybe you're trying to lose weight, start a new healthy diet plan, exercise more. Today, we're gonna to dive into what those obstacles might be and how you can become the best version of yourself with health coach, Tony St. Clair Fish. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co-founder of Capital Integrative Health. This is a podcast dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and exploring the root causes of both disease and wellness. Today's guest, Tony, is a dynamic, purpose-driven health and happiness coach who is passionate about supporting people and being the best version of themselves. She guides people who have forgotten or perhaps have never learned how to stay healthy and balanced. And I can tell you from personally working with her, she is an amazing health coach and truly inspiring. So if you want to know how to overcome obstacles and become the person you always wanted to be, this conversation is for you. Welcome, Tony, to our podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. We're so excited to have you talk today about health coaching and, and health transformation. Well, thank you so much. It is one of my favorite subjects to talk about is health coaching and health transformation. So thank you for the opportunity. Let's just talk about some background questions here. Um, let's talk about what health coaching is, because really, when you're a listener out there, you know, we're all kind of, it's early part of 2022. We're getting ready, you know, after the break and, you know, we're wanting to transform ourselves, right? Kind of over, overcome these stuck obstacles that we all have in our lives for, for health. So how do we, how do we go about doing that? How do we transform our health in a really vibrant way and a very sustainable way? Well, there were three questions there. I'm going to answer the one at a time. First question I think was what is health coaching and health coaching really is guiding the client to transformation when it feels hard or it's elusive. It's really a partnership. So many people think health coaching is like consulting. It is not. It is really me leading and guiding you based on my knowledge and experience and um, supporting transformation and the client taking on the responsibility of including it in their lives in a way that can be integrated in a sustainable way. So that is health coaching in a nutshell. Um, I help people, people get stuck in three ways when it comes to health coaching. One is not really establishing goals that are meaningful. And that's what I found with most of my clients. They just, oh, I just want to lose weight. And I'm like, well, why do you want to lose weight? Why is that important to you? And when you really drill down to it, how will that make you feel? What is your, how will that make you feel? What do you hope to feel like the accomplishment? Then they wrap their arms around. It's something they can connect to and always anchor to whenever they feel stuck. So that's the first thing is meaningful goals. The second thing in the middle, which is the, what I call the magical middle, is mindset. It's the beliefs that we have. And that's where most people struggle. They struggle with cultural conditioning. Other people's expectations are really bad information. And they're trying to process all that while achieving their goal. And so I support them in really playing, discovering, exploring which beliefs really feel right for them and work for them and unlearning those things that don't. And then the third thing is accountability, sustainability, consistency. And that's where most people struggle and that's where they get stuck is with that. 
And so I provide accountability or I support them in finding a spark team that will help them with that. So those are three areas where people really get stuck and where the magic actually happens. Yeah. So, you know, at least hypothetically anyway, Tony, I'm, yes. I'm binge watching Netflix, you know, eating a <laughs> bunch of cookies maybe, uh, you know, during the holidays or during the holiday season or winter season or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. How, how do you know, how, how does the listener know, you know, if, if you're ready, if they're ready for health coaching? I, to me, it's, there are two things I'm looking for when I take on a client. I'm looking for a, really a curiosity an openness to doing things differently or, or new thought process about doing things differently. Cause that tells me that you're willing to fail up or um, that's what I call it. Or when you you're willing to, you're willing to, to indulge in share, or I won't say failed experiments, but less than successful opportunities for growth. And I'm also looking for people that uh, recognize that this is a process that takes time. It doesn't always happen overnight. It does require a shift in readiness and mindset. So really it's just the mindset piece. Are you actually ready to make a change? Are you really to take on a new way of thinking? Yeah. Would, would you say, and, and you know, the saying of no pain, no gain, would, would you say that there's possible to be gain without pain or is it gain without failure, you know, gain without some sort of hard work and, and maybe failing up, like you said? Yeah, I think um, all roads to success are built on failures, or failed experiments, not failures, but failed um, attempts. Um, Michael Jordan said that you miss all the shots you don't take, right? So that's what I encourage my clients to do. You, you've got to understand what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes there's um, discomfort in that when you try something and it doesn't work. But what you have is an awareness and knowing that, oh, maybe I can do something different. Maybe I can tweak. And that's where the sustainability comes in. That's where you get to develop the plan that works for you, not the plan that works for person A, B, C, and D. But it's through those failed attempts where the magic actually happens. So a couple of points there. We'll uh, definitely, you know, love MJ's quote. We'll forgive that he went to University of North Carolina. But uh, <laughs> great basketball player. Um, in terms of the, the idea of taking responsibility for your own health, we know that that's a big part of, you know, what we kind of, quote unquote, preach here at CIH. What, what, yeah. How do people take charge of their own health? Like if people haven't been used to that in the past or if society is telling us that we should, you know, listen to, you know, people without taking responsibility. What, what is your message on that? You know, I, I don't tell people not to do something. I say, try it. How's that working for you? Not to quote another person, but you know, it's how's that working for you? Everything that's out there is not bad. It is, how does it work in your life? How does it work in your life? So that's one way. The other thing is society also tells us that when you're trying to do something new um, or cultural conditioning, it's all or nothing. You either fail 100% or you, you or you win 100%. And in between doing all or nothing, there's a sea of possibilities where you can have a good, better, best approach. And so when I'm speaking to my clients about engaging in something, taking on a new action, and I challenge them and say, well, you know, how comfortable do you feel like you can do this? Well, not really. So what do you think you can do? Well, I think I can do that. Well, let's start there and see how that works for you. That takes away the all or nothing. You start from success, success breeds success. There's also this, this perfection versus progress fighting that happens. And when you're trying to be perfect, you can't focus on progress because perfection is nobody can achieve that. So those are two of the mindset question, mindset issues that, that I work with my clients with a lot in overcoming. It really, the change really starts with playing, discovering, exploring. 
oh, that didn't work. Let me try something different. But and, it's and yours. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. It sounds like, sorry, it sounds like not being afraid to fail either, because that's, that's part of the discovery process is even if someone did fail, they discovered something about themselves and they might not be in the same place on that mountain after hiking up that they're not all the way back at the bottom. They might be kind of in the middle there. That's where sustainability, I mean, if you had to define what sustainability is, that is exactly it. It is, it is stepping over those obstacles instead of tripping on them. And you can only do that by the practice. And it's always good to have a coach with you who is there with you. You've got this, keep going motivation and encouragement as you stumble through this process of, of a sustainable practice. For me, the best outcome is when my clients fire me because then I know that they can do this on their own. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and, and how do you overcome these obstacles? You were, you were saying these limiting beliefs in terms of mindset, you know, setting, setting meaningful goals that patients or clients would actually you know, want to achieve based on their, their, you know, truly what their goals are, which it sounds like might be deeper than what yes. they might've initially said. Mm -hmm. um, what, how, how do you overcome the, how does someone overcome those obstacles? Um, you mean in, in, um, in negative thinking? Well, we have to define first of all, what, where their mindset traps are. So that's the first thing. And you can only define that by saying, here's what I did and why it didn't work. What do you think happened? What would you have done differently? And that's where we get to understand those mindset traps. Again, it's going to be different from person to person. For some people, it's going to be sheer overwhelm. I just tried to take that first step and I was overwhelmed because they started at the deep end of the pool instead of the shallow end of the pool. Or I tried to take a step and I just couldn't do anything because fear overtook me because I tried to, let's say, lose weight before. And every time I did something, it was a failure. So it's a way, the only way you can overcome a, a mindset like that is to do something different to rewire the brain for success. So now that we've kind of outlined some of these big concepts in health coaching and health transformation, let's go mm -hmm. to the ground. Let's get practical <laughs> with what are some of the, the most common types of goals that your clients are trying to achieve? What types of clients do you work with most, most? And then what is a session with you like? Yeah. So most of my clients are trying to achieve what's two ends of the spectrum. Um, they want to feel better. So they want to have increased energy. They want to have increased focus. They may want to manage their weight. So I work with clients with that, but I also work with clients that are trying to work with their practitioners to incorporate um, protocols to handle chronic conditions like cardiometabolic syndrome or thyroid issues or digestive issues. So it runs the gambit. But what's in common with all those practices is, is that um, the, the foundation is mindset and lifestyle practices. Lifestyle is so important. And we know that that is really the root cause of uh, a lot of the root cause of wellness is, you know, shifting someone's lifestyle to kind yeah. of match, you know, their genetics and their kind of, um, you know, sort of upbringing with, with the environment. And, and a lot of times there's that mismatch between, you know, quote unquote, um, genetics and environment. So what, what do you think about lifestyle? How does that incorporate into, into medical care and healthcare overall? It is the foundation for change. It is the foundation for any shift you want to make in your health. It's like, you can't go past that. I mean, you can't, you can't go past that unless, um, unless you can't, you can't rely on something exotic because what will happen is you'll always have to go down or default to the lifestyle practices. And, and I've learned for myself, I've been coaching for 10 years and working with other clients if you cannot address those lifestyle practices, nothing else will work. 
it'll you'll make feel better, but you won't truly feel wellness. Everything goes back to that. So those lifestyle practices, just to remind people in case they don't know, it's um, nutrition and water, sleep and rest, movement and activity, connection or ties. Right. These are uh, these are things that are super important. And that doesn't mean you have to tackle them all at the same time. And for some people, two or three of them might make the shift. But not one of us is going to achieve the goal, the level of health that we want unless we all um, embrace the concept of lifestyle practice. Uh, of those and also I would add time in nature as well, um, oh, yeah. for sure. What what, if any one is the most important? And I know that's a loaded question here just kind of make it a little <laughs> Uh, challenging for you, I guess, but uh, I would say um, the low hanging fruit for everybody is nutrition. And if they start with nutrition, um, it, it, it opens them up for other things. That's most people, but some people it really is stress management because they can't even think about doing anything unless they're in rest and digest rest and digest and feeling good. But for, for most people, the low hanging fruit is, is nutrition. Has that been your understanding or yeah i think it probably varies on each person like you said nutrition is one of the big foundations we definitely emphasize that here mm -hmm. definitely sometimes people are too stressed out to even change their diets or their way of you know nutritional patterns you know um but but yeah it's all it's all tied in together right and food is, is not just nutrients like but it's also emotional support for people and you know it's connecting back to their childhood and their upbringing and everything like that so so many things we have to push through most people eat for everything other than nourishment right so um it's it's a way of of understanding that it's not necessarily have to undo um eating for uh, emotionally but uh eating emotion eating emotionally in a way that's going to nourish your body until you get to the root cause of why so so some of my clients and i i this is a little um experiment that I have them do whenever they feel like they need something sweet, I ask them to go hug a pet or hug their family member and see maybe you just need some sweetness in your life just hug on somebody. Nine times out of 10 they don't need the snack or the sweet because they, they got filled up in other ways. We're all trying to live our best lives and you know, be of service to our, our you know, others and, and you know, love, love each other and everything. So how, how do people live their best lives? You know, how do people optimize their wellness? You know, for me and also some of the clients that have been really successful, it is really living in alignment with what matters most to you. So I always um, either formally, informally introduce my clients to something called the wheel of life, but I call it the wheel of joy. And what areas do they feel like they're most, um, they feel most successful or most fulfilled in and which areas don't they feel most successful filled in? They could start either with trying to just be more fulfilled or work in the lower ends. But I know that we don't, I know that if we don't work in those areas where um, life is meaningful to us, nothing matters. It just doesn't matter. So cognitively, we know that, you know, we kind of check out and then we end up going falling off the wagon in terms of our yeah. health goals. If, if we're not really living in alignment with, you know, who we really are, you know, what our purpose is. I think yeah. also besides the mind, you know, we know that the body also kind of falls off. There's a book that um, I'm reading uh, right now called The Body Keeps the Score Ooh. by Dr. Vanderkalk, I think, uh, K-O-L-K. Yeah. But it, basically, you can't fool the body, you know, so... If, if we're not living in alignment with our values and our truth, then, then the body will often uh, 
show it'll it'll show that to you, to some you know someone has symptoms etc so that's another, exactly. another and, and that's where you that. get stuck right that's whether you have inertia and you can't move because you, you you don't have your anchor right you don't have your anchor and so when people say oh I'm, I'm stuck that's where we look first to the goals are they in alignment with your values why does it matter to you what would happen if you don't achieve this what would happen if you do achieve this keeping them really connected to that that spiritual piece of themselves so Tony, let's talk about a, a, a client success story. What, what did they come to you for as a health coach, as a transformation coach, and how did you help them achieve their goal? Well, they usually come to me thinking that they're going to get um, a magical information that will help transform their lives. And that's not what they get. What they get is a roadmap inside so that they can rely on their own innate wisdom to make changes. So one of my, my favorite success stories is... Um, a woman who needed to release 50 pounds. She was very sure about her, her why. I mean, she was definitely connected to it, but her belief system told her, I've lost before, I've gained before, how's this going to be different? So along the way, every time something came up that challenged that, we would work through it so that she could walk over the belief instead of stumbling through it. She got to make a lot of choices on her own. So the first one was being curious when she said, what if I try this? What if you try that? And then she said, oh, that works for my life. Being creative, I want to make sure that whatever I do is sustainable and will work with my family unit. Well, let's try that. So it was always about trying things, adding things, not really taking things out. Um, and it was about compassion. She had a lot of compassion for herself. This, this is all mindset shifting that she never uh, experimented or experienced before. And then the last one was consistency. She got to experience a good, better, best approach to her own health. She took control of her own health. She understood that she could rely on her own innate wisdom. And as a result, not only did she release the weight, she's able to continue to release the weight in a way that's sustainable for her and now wants to, to up-level, up-level. But the, the magic was in her belief system. Not anything I did except shine a light on what she could do. So that, like you said, that the beliefs can be really limiting or they can be really empowering. It sounds like for her, it was changed from limiting to empowering so that even after the quote-unquote program is over, and in a way, she, she can kind of do it on her own now because she has Absolutely. that built in. Absolutely. And I'm just an accountability partner for her now to celebrate her wins and to also be a witness for um, her ability to walk over her challenges instead of stumbling or tripping on them. So that's exciting. That, that's great. Did, did you find that for her, at least for that client, that she kind of knew already some of the nutrition changes or is that something you also went through with her? She had a nutrition uh, nutritionist that she was working with, but was struggling with what, what worked for me. I don't know, this sounds familiar and I failed doing this. I don't want to be in, I don't want to be in deprivation. So we took that baseline nutrition information that uh, the nutritionist gave and, and I asked her, so what do you want to keep? What will work for you right now? If you didn't, you'd have to worry about anything else. What do you want to keep? And she said, I want to keep this. And she kept that and said, oh, I, I feel good. I, I, I release weight. And so she explored other things. So she had a nutrition foundation that she had to work with. Having said that, we had, we had good, better, best, but we also had a um, bright line area where this is an area you cannot go to or you'll never achieve your goals. There weren't many. There was like two or three things. And then she had a whole sea of opportunity to um, bring in the nutrition protocol the way she felt she needed to for herself. She took the slow road but she released weight one to two pounds a week doing it her way. That's awesome. That's great. 
And um, just have a, a random question for you, uh, kind of generated from that. If, if someone feels really stuck, like tried everything and, you know, nothing's working, um, don't know where to start. Is it better just to try to throw something at the wall and see what sticks, you know, just change for change itself? Or is it, is it, is it better to have some sort of plan and then try to execute that? Yeah, throwing things up against the wall and seeing what stick um, causes people to feel like victims because they're going to go based on what they what they know and what hasn't worked before. And even trying something new um, will also do the same thing. So I always tell my clients, start out with small steps. Take the most ridiculously simple thing that you can do that's impactful to you that will yield a result that you can just say, oh, I did that. Does that make sense? So for some people, um, it might be... Um, it might be just releasing, uh, not eating processed food and eating real food or one meal a week and seeing how that works. For other people, they like to go to the deep in the pool. It might be adding a lot of rainbow colors to their meals. But the idea is the person, the person I'm coaching gets to decide what feels successful for them, not me. Does that make sense? They tell me, oh, yeah, I think I can do this. And I think there's the case of the Joneses too, right? Where it's kind of like there's a natural default towards more is better. And I got to compete with this other person that's losing, you know, 50 pounds in 30 days, which by the way, is not healthy to do it that no, quickly, you know, all. but these type of things, you know, are out there on the social media and stuff. So how do, how do people shift that mindset to kind of look at their small wins and things that can be positive change for them that are sustainable, that'll kind of set them up for success, success in the long term. That's a good question. I, part of it is um, one of my favorite um, things to tell people is that comparison steals your joy. Um, as soon as you start comparing yourself to others, you're no longer operating in joy. The other thing is then you're now you're extrinsically motivated and that can't. So you got to bring that motivation back intrinsically. This is what works for me and, and tie into the feelings. Like when I do this, I feel like this. When I did this, I felt like this. So we celebrate not only the wins, but what strategy did you use to feel that way? That'll start to squeeze out those outside voices because now you're focusing on yourself and your own accomplishments and not what somebody else is doing. Yeah. Great. And Tony, what is the role of gratitude and, and shifting mindset and making positive health changes? Oh my gosh, it is everything. I think that if you, if you don't celebrate where you are, what you've done, you cannot move forward. You're always in feeling of lack, um, unworthiness, so part of working with me is we start with gratitude. What are you most grateful for today? What are you most grateful for? What made you smile real big? Right? Um, yeah, that always gets people, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Think about it. Um, and then from there, you're already in a, in a mindset of just joy. And then you can start to focus on, oh, other things from that mindset of joy. But I think gratitude is everything. You can always be grateful for what you have and want more. But it still starts from being grateful for where you are now. I think. Yeah, maybe like journaling the top three or five things you're grateful for every morning, and they could be different things every day, depending, or they can be the same. Have you have you recommended that Not, to clients? Some people are resistant resistant to writing, um, journaling. So I just ask them to um, whatever their morning ritual is and routine. Just in the morning, just say out loud the top three things you're most grateful for. If you don't want to write them down, or or for me, like I have an accountability um, partner. Um, that I talk to every day. And that's what we do. We talk about the things we're most grateful for. So if journaling doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for everybody, just say something out loud or, or have an accountability partner that you talk to. But it's important to have a practice of gratitude. 
Great, thank you. And I have a question about light and shadow. So the idea is that, you know, I know you're a very positive person, you're a very sunny person, like to use a lot of positive psychology with your clients. What What is the role of A, you know, building someone up, but then B, kind of acknowledging those difficulties of setbacks and challenges and trying to transform that? Yeah, I think it's important. Like I said, the shadow side is information. That's what we look at. It's just information. It is telling us that something is out of alignment. We want that shadow side. We want that pain because otherwise we won't know that things are out of alignment. And then we're existing. We're living by, not, not, we're living by chance instead of choice because we're going through the motions. That's, that's not living mindfully. And so the pain is just information. If we could just have that mindset that that's what it is, it's not, we don't have to identify with it. We don't have to cozy up to it. We don't have to go steady with it. We just acknowledge it and then we figure out what we can do mm-hmm. from a positive perspective to change that uh, that imbalance. I love that uh, having a choice, uh, knowing knowledge is, is empowering in that way. It just is. having that choice, knowing you know, symptoms are information and um, pain is information and things like that. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah, sure. uh, well, and then just to go back to uh, the sessions, like so if someone's working with you, how long would you recommend someone works with you or, or any health coach? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm gonna start with the beginning. It always starts with a 15 minute discovery session because um, any coaching relationship, you have to have trust and rapport. And so in that 15 minute discovery session, I get to discover whether or not there is trust and rapport and um, the other person gets to discover whether or not they feel the same way about me. So it always starts there. And if we pass that hurdle, and we decide, yeah, let's go study. Then um, we have an initial strategy session where we determine um, how to commit to success and the mindset of change. And then five, four to five sessions beyond that to see if you get traction every week. I like weekly sessions because then you get to know in real time almost where your stumbling blocks are and you can make corrections within the week. After that, then we can go every two weeks and then we go monthly. So the idea is to get you from preparation to the maintenance phase where you can feel like you can like do this on your own. But the first time you work with me is that discovery session, that initial strategy session and four to five follow-up sessions, preferably weekly. Great. And then when do you decide with the client and how, you know, how long to work for duration? Um, Usually it's in the initial strategy. Well, in the discovery session, if I have a good read on them or they have a good read on themselves, most of them don't. But mostly in that initial strategy session is when we when we know, like I, I'll know based on the confidence of a per, if a client says, you know, I, I really want to spend more than a week. I want to spend two weeks really understanding this and incorporating it in my life. A week seems too short. Then I give them the two weeks. So it really is about them. I, I lead and direct and guide, but they have control over their own destiny. Do you believe that everyone needs a health coach? What's your thought about that? <laughs> I sure do, <laughs> including myself. Um, here's why, because we can always, in our busyness, we can get caught up in the busy bandwagon of life. We can get caught up in the infinity pool of distractions and we can easily, all of us go off track. And and I have done that from time to time. And so I have a coach that will help me um, get back on track. So yes, I think everybody needs a coach, whether it's health, life, um, to shine a light on not only what you do right, because uh, many people don't understand their strengths, and how they flourish, but also your blind spots. What's keeping you from achieving what you need to achieve? And only a coach can really do that for you. Sometimes friends can be coaches, but yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to ask that. So you're a listener. I'm a listener out there. I'm li- interested in signing up for you, Tony, with you, Tony. Um, I say, you know, I can talk with my friends or family once a week. I could do FaceTime with them. What, what's your thought about that? Well, so um, you have to pick your coach team. Um, be judicious and about who you pick. Make sure your spark team actually sparks you. So your, your, your coach team has to be dependable. So if you call them, they have to answer the phone, right? They have to be wedded to your goals, not their understanding of your goals. So if you say, I want to um, take a bath every night, they shouldn't challenge you. Why do you want to do that? They should just understand it's important to you and create some system of accountability. So you want, you know, you want friends that can be objective, not friends that are going to convert you and convince you to do something different. And, and you know, you having the professional training, I think helps a lot too, you know, and being objective about it kind of know, you know, what I really love about health coaching too, especially the way you do it is you're, you, you really, you're very positive with someone, but you also point out very directly, very honestly with them, right? There's, there's this idea of kind candor, like you're trying to be yes. candid with them in a kind way so that they can really move the needle on their health. Otherwise, they might not see those blind spots. I think it's super important to do that. You know, I otherwise, um, uh, there, and it's just like going back to that, that light and dark. You can't always live in light. Like life is going to happen, and so when life happens, that's when I say, "Okay, this is where this is your growth opportunity. This is where you can live by choice and not by chance." And so, yeah, that's when I'm firm. <laughs> and you uh, have recently completed some training, I think, or uh, with with uh, functional medicine health coaching. Correct? Can Can you talk yes. about that? Um, yeah, so the functional medicine um, health coaching is a really a, a very um, integral part of, of, of our practice now at CIH, and it really is, dovetails nicely into the mission of CIH. So functional coaching is very much like uh, functional nutrition. We get to the root cause of what's causing you not to be the best version of yourself. And we look for practical lifestyle changes to support that. And I provide guidance and resources and tools to support that. So really, it's it's mindset and and information, reliable information, that's practical and easy to apply. Great, thank you. Sign me up this year. I'm ready, yeah. <laughs> ready for some positive change. Thank you. Um, well, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about some questions that we ask everyone, Tony. Um, uh, in closing here, uh, talking about health coaching, learning about health coaching. For you, uh, for you yourself, do you have a morning routine? And if so, do you mind sharing that with us? I don't mind at all. I think rituals are super important um, because we all have rituals, whether they serve us or they don't serve us. We all have rituals. So I try, I try to have a morning ritual that serves me and serves my spirit. Um, so the first, I have a yoga mat right on the outside of my bed. So that's um, usually the first thing I'm doing is stretching and yoga. And yoga can be breathing. It could be simply that if that's all my body and mind's in the mood for, or it could be a full 30 minute practice. That's important for me to feel grounded, energized, stretched, really connect my mind, body, um, and spirit. So they're just in, in alignment. And then I do my meditation and set my intention for the day, which is always love, kindness, wisdom, um, forgiveness, acceptance. So that's that's part of my morning routine. You want to know more? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah. Please go on. Yes, okay. yes, definitely. Um, I um, and then I hydrate. I think it's super important because we lose a lot of water when we sleep. A lot of people don't realize that. So I hydrate and uh, I may drink um, some tea. I I don't get on the computer at all until I do it as late as I can. But I make sure that the first two hours of the morning are just mine to do whatever I want. I may take a walk. 
I may have a conversation with my husband or if he's not already busy, um, or I have a nurturing conversation with a friend of mine because she starts my day. Remember to that spark team and I get to have the gratitude that I'm looking for. What am I grateful for? And she gets to show me, um, she's my mirror. She gets to see things in me that I don't always acknowledge or express it myself. And she say, oh, it sounds like you had a great day of expressing kindness. So she builds me up to continue to do that. So that's part of my routine is really building myself up emotionally and mentally so I can give to others. Great. Well, there's a few things I, I wanted to comment on uh, about that. Uh, number one is, do you, do you system, systematically set up your day for success? So it sounds like you're putting the yoga mat right by your bed. You're laying out the water, laying out your clothes. Yes. and th- like, Is that a big part yes. of kind of be- you know, health transformation there? It is. That's how I... Um, when I, when I kind of walked away from my, not walked away, but gave my yoga practice a break, getting back into rhythm, I had to put the yoga mat next to the bed, meaning if you go, you have to pass over the yoga mat to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> the yoga mat is there. You cannot avoid the yoga mat. And what I realized, even just standing on the mat, the first time when I tried to, when I reintroduced myself to it, that standing on the mat felt successful. And that's all I wanted to do that day. I said, I'm just going to stand here and breathe. And that's yoga. And that's fine. Just start just small, to, just like a seed. It'll, it'll grow into this beautiful tree, right? Yeah. Yes. And that felt like success to me. But if I had said, after not having a practice for a month or so, well, I'm going to do a full on yoga pose and you know, I'm going to do backflips and all, you know, then I would have set myself up for success. But that felt very good, just breathing, because it took me back to my roots, too, of, of what yoga is really mm-hmm. is about the breath. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, and then I think the other thing you said there is not really having electronics much in the in the first part of the day. I did that recently uh, on the yeah. weekend. I realized, you know, how much time you can actually open up and create, really. You can create time when you're off those electronics. Absolutely. You know, two of the things that my clients always come to me when it, and say, you know, I cannot get, I want to do this, but I don't have enough time. And when you ask them how much time do they spend on social media or um, other people's priorities, there's anywhere from one hour to six hours of wasted space that they're dedicating to something that's not important to them. So that's why I made a decision to not turn on a computer. Like the first two hours is mine. And even if that first two hours, sometimes I'll just sit in corpse pose. Those are my, that's my time. That's how I give to myself. So it's not, it's not even a matter of what you do at that time, as long as it's nurturing, it is that you claim it as your own without distraction. I love corpse, corpse pose. You know, it's also about, you know, being not just doing all the time, right? We have to have time to restore our, our systems. Yes. And there's always time to ground. Um, so I, 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 I've had clients that say, well, I, I only have 15 minutes. What can I do? I don't know. Let's think about it. What do you, what would you, what could you do with 15 minutes? And they're very creative but what they could do with that 15 minutes. So it's not a matter of me telling them what to do. It's a matter of what feels right for you right now. It is taking that 15 minutes. Here's another example. I, I, um, I also like to read. So I'm reading this book called Make Time. And so part of my two hours is 15 minutes a day, I'm going to read a chapter or read whatever I want to read for 15 minutes a day. And you can complete a whole book in a month if you just create that time. 15 minutes is not a lot of time, right? But we, when we get into the all or nothing, it has to be 60 minutes, uh, you know, that's when we get lost. I, I try to do that, too. And sometimes I'll just read a paragraph a day, like if I don't have any yes. time in the morning or Absolutely. don't think I have time. Yes. Yeah. So it's the small, it's the baby steps. Baby steps are still steps. And if, if, if I leave um, 
people with nothing else is just that the baby steps are still steps and they count great thank you and uh so you said you're reading that book called make time um mm -hmm. what have you learned so far about it that uh that you found it to be enjoyable well really what what i love about this book is a client actually introduced me to it she wanted me to coach her through what she learned so of course i had to get the book to do that and um, what I found was in order to focus on what matters most every day, there are two things you, well, three things you have to do. Um, number one, identify, we talked about where your distractions are, your busy man wagons or your infinity pools. That's what they talk about in this book. The busy bandwagon is how much of your time is other people's priorities that you can actually control a little bit by just saying no or creating healthy boundaries. And the infinity pool is the social media. Like how much time are you getting caught up in that? Um, the other thing that I coached uh, the client on was every day identify the top three things that you want to get done. And if you can't get that those top three, then what's the, the if nothing else gets done that day? And it can shift from day to day. And it can also you can also kick the can down the road. The idea is to always have it in front of you. Does that make sense? So I, it's both yeah. Days. Although I'm having a hard time shifting out of my mindset in the Caribbean. One time I was down there with the infinity pools. I was like, Hey, set me up. Oh, I want to sit in there all day. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's the kind of infinity, infinity that, pool you want to get caught in. That's right. right. That that's one of the top three goals for me yes. is to sit in the oh. infinity pool. What, what you go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But I noticed that her overwhelm went down because of that, because she recognized mm. She was giving away power, giving away control, and she felt like a victim. Once she took it back, she felt empowered. It changed her life. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so great. And Tony, what do you do every day to cultivate joy in your own life? Um, well, it's what I do and what I don't do. Um, what I do is I nourish myself every day uh, by talking to a very good friend of mine. It doesn't matter if it's two minutes, 20 minutes, or two hours we cultivate joy in each other um and she gets me to um start focusing and thinking about those positive things the gratitude so that's the one thing i fill myself up once i filled up i make sure i don't deplete it so i don't compare myself to other people to steal my joy so i look at other things that may be stealing my joy not feeling worthy um second guessing myself um i i just i, I refuse to do that and i stay in the nurse mode what did I do right? I give myself a glow before I give myself a grow. <laughs> I love that. Glow before grow. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, you know, the other thing about speaking of infinity and infinity pools, it just came to mind as you were speaking here is that joy is infinite, right? It comes, you know, it's innate in us. And so, and so comparing to others doesn't really, you know, help us because no. that's. I, I think we get caught up in not really understanding what our own personal joy is because um, society will say, well, joy is this and joy is that. And so you put on, it's like putting on a pair of shoes that's one size too small. You squeeze your feet in it, but it doesn't quite feel right, but everybody else is doing it. So it's got to be a good thing. So I think being willing to go barefoot for a little while until you find the shoes that fit perfectly, find your joy, your bliss. It may not look like what your friend is doing. Or, or, or don't wear shoes at all, you know, bare, barefoot, you know, go earthing is, is, is better you for you, right? Exactly. <laughs> On the tree. But yeah, I think, yeah, just, just do what feels right for you. And we lose, we lose sight of that because we're so busy. We're so extrinsically motivated. So when I work with clients, I'm really taking them back inside so that they're more intrinsically motivated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that may even change what their health goals are, right? I mean, that, yes. yeah. <laughs> always does. It always does. So for example, we can take that like a weight loss scenario. Someone says, oh, I want to release five pounds. Oh, 
okay, why is that important to you? Um, because I have a wedding to go to and I want to look good for other people. That's extrinsic motivation. That's not going to keep your head in the game. And then you'll, you know, maybe you, you release it, maybe you won't. But I had a client that said, oh, I want to release five pounds. Oh, why is that important to you? I find that when I'm, when I'm a little lighter, that I, I'm, I'm more active and I like to dance. And dancing is important to me. It brings me joy. Ah, ding, 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 ding. Talking to your friend every morning uh, or every day, I'd rather, you know, connection is so important. And, and we see the connections between people, like we talked about today, the community, connections between different aspects, even individually of our own health, physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, etc. Tony, how can listeners learn more about you and work with you? Well, I am happily connected to Capital Integrative Health. So I invite very, very everyone. blessed to have you here. Thank oh, you. thank you. Um, uh, I've had lately just people um, go on the website and see me and see what I'm all about. And they have um, arranged for a discovery session. So that's one way. Just go to the website or talk to your practitioner. Um, if you're having a problem, integrate a protocol and you want help, talk to your practitioner about um, setting up some protocols for you and then have a discovery session. So it's all about um, coming to me through various doors. But yeah, go to CIH and set up a discovery session. Come on. Great. <laughs> yeah, go. Tony is ready. Oh. We're, we're ready. 2022, here we come. We're going to hit the ground running yes. here. Yes. Tony, any last words, any concluding words for this podcast you want to leave your listeners with about health coaching? Yeah, I think I want to end way, the way I started about what health coaching is and remind people that, that health coaching, uh, it's not just the way I do it. It is how it's designed is to help you bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. But it is a collaboration. The health coach is a guide, right? To, um, that means the health coach is going to allow you to walk into some holes, right? But you won't, you, but there'll be a light to shine to come back out. So just remember it's a collaboration. The health coach is going to guide you, but you are going to actually do the work and figure out how to incorporate best in your life. And I'll just look for all the speed bumps and the hazard signs to, to guide you through that process. <laughs> you are the CEO of your own health and Tony's going to help to guide you through that process. So what you said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, thank you so much for being on today. Look forward to seeing you soon in person, hopefully. And um, we'll talk soon. Thank you all so much for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.